Hello, Invisible Third. It's uh, Rob from the show. Well, you're listening to the show. It's Dumb Awful Show. And uh, my Twitter's at Dumb and Awful, if, if you want to yell at me. Someone you shouldn't yell at, unless it's suggestions for his next reading series, is Nathan from uh, Mark's Madness at Mark's Madness Pod, uh, who is hanging out with me uh, Hello. tonight. Yeah. How you doing, Nathan? I'm, I'm doing, uh, yeah, no, just general malaise. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty much just that whole, man, I'm going to do this for the next 50 years and then I'm going to die. Been a lot of that lately. It's yeah, good. That, that was, that was silly of you. Did never last 50 years, <laughs> bro. I'm, I'm like halfway through the thirties and it's not getting any better. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hacked to say, but like I, I'm saving, I, I now have an, enough things wrong with me that I have like a, a, an Amazon wish list. Of like, well, when I get enough, I'll go get that bone graft. But for now, I'll just stick to the ENT problems. And it doesn't matter what I do because whenever I go in, they're just like, yeah, you're fucking old. <laughs> this is, you will, it's like how people look back on like the summer and go like, oh my God, the hottest summer on record. And then someone who's like a ton of fun at parties goes, actually, it'll be the coolest summer for the rest of your life. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> Re, I was already complaining, but thank you for recontextualizing the scenario into something worse. Where I'm even, I feel like even more of an <laughs> asshole. That's you know, that's health. Yeah, it's 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 life in your thirties under capitalism. It it just keeps going down, down yeah, and sad. That's probably what's going to happen to our uh, uh, state and government and uh, Western civilization in general. Uh, Inshallah, because uh, I can tell you things. Things in New York, this is how bad things have been going, is that this episode we're going to read theory. Because when I laid out my poker hand, <laughs> I realized that was the least depressing. That was the most powerful outcome. That outcome had uh, the highest chance of leading somewhere where maybe at the end of this I might feel good. Whereas all the stuff that's been happening locally just makes me feel bad. Um so in the last 24 hours, uh, uh, quick New York update, they put a George Floyd uh, bust in Union Square. Union Square is, you know, right in lower Manhattan. It's uh, a real uh, named for the labor movement. It was places where, you know, you go out after strikes or you go to agitate. And uh, so, yeah, in Union Square, they got this giant uh, like bronze bust of uh, George Floyd's head. And so they put that there last night. And I don't know. Looks nice, I guess. It's, I mean, they got fucking George Washington and slave owners and shit statues in the same building okay, or in the okay. same park. It's fine. But okay. like, you can't really complain about it. Although you can today because less than 24 hours into it being up, uh, some skater guy splashed white paint all over it. So it looks like someone just nutted on George Floyd's face. That seems like the, so, that's, you know, yep, that's, that's it. That's, that's the one. So I was like, well, I've done. Moving on, let's, uh, <laughs> I, I, really nothing to say about that. Big, big L for human decency, I guess. Um, what, what happened to all the, the far rights? Like, we got to respect our statue property shit. Oh, well. Uh, while I was under the Union Square Twitter search, though, apparently a bunch of chuds did an anti-vax march through Union Square. And in doing so, they ransacked a, a mobile COVID testing center. <laughs> looting is cool when it's covid vaccines 
it's just uh i mean just destruction of property you would have thought it was like jesus in the temple which is probably what they thought they were doing uh it, that's not great you you think well as someone who was out there at some of the BLM uh, uh, marches and, and things with that nature, uh, I can tell you if you raise your voice too loud, a NYPD uh, SUV would just plow through you. <laughs> People would start th- like putting you in a tie plum and throwing teep kicks and shit. If, if you even looked uh, towards the SRG, the strategic response group turns out also this week, uh, yeah, a bunch of NYPD people are are in the Oath Keepers. <laughs> like, oh. like not just in the Oath Keepers, like, yeah, duh. But, like, when I'm registering for the Oath Keepers so I can make a monthly donation, I'm using, like, my real name and, <laughs> and title. <laughs> Which, yeah. So, uh, things are going real well here. It's it's fun that, uh, that trying to be a patron to uh, any leftist you know organization in general probably puts you on a list somewhere um remember to sign up for patreon guys it's important for us um but it also you can just do that and be like there's nothing wrong i guarantee you none of them had a second thought about that they're like no this is totally fine nothing to see here no people were filming it and cheer look to their credit it's logical like if if you know that the police are on your side and if you just watch a bunch of your friends like literally storm the capitol which you know bad but you know well, whatever uh, <laughs> well, like you can get away with with running through a fucking minivan of test and trace in union square like that's pretty small potatoes at, at this point there's very little uh, you can't get away with another depressing thing. Uh, the prosecution is absolutely fumbling the, the Kyle Rittenhouse case, you know, the oh, yeah. killer. Yeah. So he, <laughs> it's just all bad. Uh, and today, today you think, well, God damn, we need a hero. I've, I've got good news for you. Uh, a hero just arrived. I am black. I am gay. Oh. I am disabled. I am a woman. I am black. I that am- is. <laughs> How do you have that on a drop? God bless that cast. That is uh, the hero himself, Andrew Cuomo, who is back. He sent uh, to his mailing list today uh, an email where the subject line, double caps, nothing else there, the truth. <laughs> Please tell me it was just pictures of his dick at this point. Like, that's the only thing that would salvage this whole situation. No, here's the thing. I. I inevitably if i've learned anything from these like uh uh, sex crime guys it's inevitably a a a deposition or some part of the court case a depiction of their penis comes out that i mean didn't that happen with like weinstein that happened with roger stone it look i know way too much epstein i knew way too much about let's say penises in general i don't need to add anything else to the book and it's certainly not cuomo uh he writes, I'll just skim this because, uh, frankly, he sucks and I'm not committed enough to do the accent to really make it work. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it for the first sentence. Uh, my friend, I've been, that, I was supposed to be Italian. It became Turkish. <laughs> it was, I was about to say. Uh, oh, listen, my, my, what is that? <laughs> That's an Aladdin accent my, right there. My friend. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, my friend is a great term. Oh, that is, yeah. I, when I started working in New York, uh, like day one, I realized I can't afford to go to any of the like proper restaurants, the Pret-a-Mange, the like uh, uh, Pain Quotidian, whatever the fuck, all the like fancy places that that you would expect in New York City. 
Uh, I couldn't do that. So I, I just had to go the halal cart every single day for, for years. And so, and I, I love my dude, you know, in the same way that a, a white girl loves her bodanga owner. But every time I order, he's like, thank you, my friend. And I always say back, thank you, my friend. And now I cannot stop calling people my friend. It's been going on for years. It's a verbal tick. But you know what? Not too bad as far as verbal ticks go. As far as verbal ticks go, it could be slurs, and that's at least a step up. No, it couldn't. It, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm committed I, I, to having an unsuccessful leftist podcast, I, and therefore that's I, off the table. I spent the weekend playing the Halo open beta because I apparently hate myself. And uh, let me tell you, ga- heated gamer moments are alive and well on, on Xbox Live. They are still chugging right along. They're not even heated. It's just... Look, no, it's very I, casual gamer moments. I play Rainbow Six Siege because it is... So so. It, it's fun to play a game where everything's destructible because then you can like do the cool tactical... Look, the IDF sucks, but one cool thing they came up with is three-dimensional attack where they're just like... These aren't people. Their property doesn't matter at all. Their homes aren't aren't, aren't real. So we're just going to destroy the the roof, the the basement, every side, and like uh, attack at once. Which terrible for human rights and, and well, human lives, frankly. But in terms of developing a fun gameplay loop, <laughs> it's really a lot of fun to you know a, a role play that you're at leftist Waco while while the FBI comes in and you have to battle them off with the uh, cool guns and abilities that would be fine. And it's basically fine if you mute all sound in that game, but the second you have the thought, cause you're going to think, Oh, I'm on a team of five. What if we use our abilities together? A that's never going to happen. And B, if it does happen, you're going to be hearing a lot more information about George Floyd than NPR ever gave you. And it's it's going to be off the top of the heads of people that are like addicted to bang energy and have not yet hit puberty. And I'll be honest, uh, problematic stuff. But I'm going to skip some of this Cuomo stuff because it it just sucks. But this this is what he says. Uh, I've been doing much reflecting these past few weeks and wanted to share some thoughts with you. First, I want to thank you for your friendship and support. You've been very kind to me personally, and your friendship means much to me. We've been through a lot together. More importantly, you've played a key role in a, in a historic reform movement in our state. Our crusade as governor was based on a powerful set of principles that we vindicated over years of service. Uh, number one, no historic reform occurred. Uh, he, he created something called the IDC, which is now all those, uh, all those like press people and staffers went to Pete Buttigieg. So expect basically Cuomo too, if that motherfucker ever gets power. Uh, and I love to the our crusade as governor. Like this guy was listening to fucking anybody. Literally <laughs> today, Kathy Hochul got the uh, endorsement from like, you know, some Dem leaders and they had to call Cuomo first to, to make sure it was okay to endorse someone else. Oh my God. This guy is not a guy who's been good at listening. You know what I mean? Anyway. When we began, state government in Albany was dysfunctional and a laughingstock nationwide. Even worse, it had failed the people of the state that it was supposed to serve. We pledged to restore competence and effectiveness to state government. Where did, You know what? It doesn't matter. He goes on to say a bunch of shit, uh, construction projects that he did, uh, uh, the $15 minimum wage, free college tuition, uh, stuff like that, which he fought against the entire time using his caucus of right-leaning Democrats. Uh, that way, if it never came to his 
his desk. He never had to take responsibility. Uh, we, we set precedents in marriage equality, really just a basic human right thing. <laughs> uh, and most importantly, we manage new and pressing crises. Together, we beat back COVID. Excuse me? Definitely didn't. Definitely Excuse didn't. me, sir. You, you wrote a book about beating back COVID, which now is being probed by, uh, by the state for apparently, potentially even the permission for him writing that book. Uh, uh, may have been a little bit suspect and he may have used uh, state resources and staffers on. So like, don't, you shouldn't be bringing that up. But again, this guy doesn't fucking listen to anyone. Uh, we professionalized emergency management and responding to mother nature's wrath in storms and floods and saved the lives of New Yorkers. As we've seen in the most recent storms, lives are lost when government fails to rise to the occasion. We rejected the extreme politics du jour and the political flavor of the day. We governed with sound policies that provided good results rather than political policies that sound good. Okay, so what drives me crazy about this is, number one, he's just scoring political points on de Blasio with the fact that like a dozen people just drowned to death in New York City in their basement apartments during the flooding that we had. And in case anyone uh, wants to know what the response to that has been, uh, our mayor says the weathermen fucked up, so we're going to spend city money to buy a private weather service that's secret and we can look at to get even more up-to-date stuff so the goddamn weathermen don't kill any more people. Privatize the weather channel, damn it. And, I think it's already and privatized. I don't know. Cuomo here saying that, you know, no one died in floods uh, beforehand. Who do you think set the problematic housing policy and economic conditions that have people living in, in shoddy basement apartments such that water can overtake you in minutes if it just rains heavy in New York. Like these people are, are fucking psycho. And if that wasn't uh, obvious already, he continues and says, I want you to know on a personal level, my decision to resign was very difficult. From the beginning, this was an obvious effort by some to use Albany politics to do what the people of the state would not allow them to do at the ballot box, which is remove me from office. On the one hand, I don't want to cater to extremists or false charges. Facts and truth will win the day. Uh, and I don't think that the legislator would have uh, succeeded at impeachment or at impeachment. Their effort was based on the attorney general's report, which was false. Its findings purely politically and personally motivated. Uh, it's all rhetoric. I have journalists that have reviewed it and have said it's all lies, blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, if I didn't step down, it would have been months of Democrats fighting Democrats, which would have paralyzed government and returned Albany to the days of dysfunction. It would have played into political extremist hands by legitimizing the weaponization of harassment claims and increased New Yorkers' distrust and cynicism about state government. It would undermine so much of our hard-earned fucking whatever. We, we're we seeing extremists and political expediency rule the day, and the tail is wagging the dog in the Democratic Party. Government incompetence, political slogans, and pandering are prevailing. Twitter has overtaken political dialogue. This is not New York at her finest, and we must never settle for less than the people the state deserve. Albany insiders underestimate the people of the state. New Yorkers have seen effective government that works for them, and they will not return to the old days. We have to make sure we all do everything we can so that that, that doesn't happen. Thank you again. Yours sincerely, in friendship and gratitude, Andrew M. Cuomo. Good God. Yeah, so I mean, uh, my my take here. I am black. Okay. I am gay. I am disabled. 
I got it. I am yes. a woman. I am it, very, I am very much an everyman, uh, Andrew. This to me says two things. Number one, he's running. Andrew Cuomo is going to run. Uh, if you're familiar with how campaign finance tends to work, once you get money, it's earmarked for political campaigns. You need to spend it. You can't just, you know, it's it's kind of a, a faux pas to spend your campaign funds on just bullshit living life. You can do it, but you have to be a little nuanced about it, right? And Cuomo currently has one of the biggest campaign war chests of like anyone in the country. So he has to campaign for something, even if he just wants to like live lavish for a bit. So I think we're definitely going to be seeing that, uh, which, my God, I'm going to talk to uh, Anders Lee from Pod Damn America in a little bit uh, about electoralism, because I, I, I'm sort of fading on the DSA and, and believing that we can still pull levers democratically that get any result in the halls of power. And so maybe he can get me back on board. But right now I'm super discouraged and thank God, because if I had to vote Cuomo versus someone else, I'm really scared for what I'd have to do there. Anybody but Cuomo. <laughs> and literally anything. Sentient sentient fruit. Something. Yeah, it he's he's a problem. And what's also a problem, number two here is uh so New York currently Currently, we're in the midst of a general election, and the Democratic candidate is a former cop who wants to bring back stop and frisk, who said he was a Republican accidentally on Bill Maher. Uh, uh, Eric Adams, he's a really interesting uh, uh, guy, but he's a guy that says the Democratic Party has gotten too far left, that they pander to their their twitter anarchists too off you know how anarchists on twitter are always like the de the dems are too deferential to us you know <laughs> i'm uh, always used to getting such deferential treatment from blue checks on twitter i i, I wonder what that's like and, and so we need to be more hard-nosed and and you know we're too politically far out in the democratic party right now we need to go back to sort of reasonable hard-nosed centrism and you see cuomo oh, oh by the way his opponent just so you have an idea of the spectrum uh, for the police state run by a, a real estate interest that, that is New York City. His Republican opponent is Curtis Silva. I think and I'm saying the name wrong, but he's the founder of the Guardian Angels, that red-capped uh, vigilante group from like the 80s. So we have former cop that says the NYPD has been defanged somehow and literal vigilante. Uh uh, but anyway, so that's sort of where the Overton window is. And Cuomo in this, I just noticed he's saying, he's so clearly like, we need to stop making political decisions. <laughs> like, I mean, that sort of is what he's always been about, you know, but he would pretend to, to be this like ideologue. Like I'm a, I'm a progressive champion because I'm going to ride that into the White House. But then he would silently stop everything. It's interesting to see the shift in, in rhetoric sort of with Eric Adams winning the primary and, and Cuomo maybe falling out of uh, more progressive circles, good graces, this sort of tack to like, you know what we need in politics is less politics. I've sort of wondered what might be coming up next. And uh, th I think this might be a kind of horrifying look. Good, good. That, that, if I wasn't already turned off enough on electoralism, thank you for, for just doing your best to put the nail in the coffin. I really, I like, I like to feel vindicated every now and again. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm hoping Anders can convince me. I mean, he's a smart guy; he's passionate about what he, he does. Is. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to to have that chat. So that'll be in, a, I think, a few weeks. 
Uh, one more thing. <laughs> when I talk about like where things are going, I decided to read theory. I almost made the episode about this and I literally couldn't do it. I don't have the constitution. I'm old. I'm frail. I'm a, I'm a broken and run through man. Okay. I, I couldn't do a whole episode on fucking cinema but no, I, I will no. arose the reconciliation bill with the infrastructure and the we did a a, a Patreon episode where I, I read some Lenin and in Liberalism and Democracy in, in 1912, he he accuses liberals of quote unmitigated ignorance or else shameless lying. And I realized and I felt quite nice about myself in that moment. It quickly passed, but Lenin said dumb and awful. Lenin like, said dumb and awful. He said either the liberals right now are dumb in 1912 or they're awful. They're just lying to your face about having any of your interests uh, in mind. And, you know, that was encouraging in the sense of, oh, oh okay, so other people see this and have seen this. Uh, but it was discouraging in the sense of, wait a second, so other people have seen this and see this? and what 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 happened like, like liberals are kind of they're they're getting a lot of uh uh w's like it it seems like there's this materialist versus idealist perspective right and i understand that you know and i've heard said a lot that just because you you understand an idea it doesn't doesn't mean any, anything yeah. you know like if you read marx all day and you can name every fucking person from the early 20th century or, or 19th century, uh, but you can't name any of your neighbors, then you have like a very exquisite red mind palace, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, obviously there's Lenin just saying like, yep, their libs are dumb or awful. And, and you gotta, you gotta just interpret it that way. Cause they're not on your side. And then it's 2021 and it's the same. I was just trying to get that message out still to other liberals that apparently think bothering uh, Kristen Cinema uh, when she's on the phone or entering a restroom is beyond the pale. I don't know if you saw that. I did. We've crossed we've crossed the civility Rubicon, as it were, because we are uh, actually holding public officials to some any kind of account. Uh and and that's that's just too much. We can't we can't be expected to. I mean, they can't be expected to actually answer questions from the people they represent. That would be insanity. See, I I I, I try to not spend too much time on Twitter, but I, I got sucked into I got sucked into the replies uh, on some of this stuff. Not personally, just just like reading it. And it's interesting. It, it's triggered a sort of hybrid dumb and awful that I didn't quite. Uh, appreciate before which is i don't think they're doing it on purpose given how often like libs online are telling on themselves i think the social embarrassment of knowing that like some people are seeing them ideologically nude i would think if they were aware of that at all they do a better job in, in couching it so that they're a little bit dumb at least in uh their usage of, of the rhetoric but they're definitely showcasing the awful with, with the cinema stuff because, and I realized this, they just find it so beyond the pale to like chase someone into a restroom or, or again, uh, approach them while they're on the phone. I saw people go like, if, if your hands are down and you're walking on the street in public, 
sure, you can respectfully approach. But if she's on the phone, that is someone's personal space and they're having a conversation. And it's, I'm sorry, whatever your issue is, it's not right to violate that. And I realized seeing all that shit that like, the reason they find that so offensive is because they aren't seeing the harms of her policy, of course, but they're seeing her like a celeb from Marvel or something. They're seeing her like Dan Harmon yeah. getting chased into a, a restroom by a Rick and Morty fan who's like, uh, hey, t- tell me about it. Let me know if my theory about Evil Morty is correct. Hey, what do you, is Evil Morty going <laughs> to, I mean, I assume that's, that, that's, uh, that's Rick and Morty. That has to be it. Right? Right. Or just like the as bad as you thought Game of Thrones final seasons were, you cannot harass Benioff and Weiss when they're on a phone having a conversation out at public or out in public. And it's like, you know what? That's kind of right. When the stakes are just like TV or fiction, then, yeah, you know what? Leave the fucking creators alone. But it it is it belies that sort of the liberal response. It belies uh, the way they see all of politics, which is like, come on, like, I understand we, we have ideals and we're pushing as as best we can, but as best we can means realizing that nothing is so urgent that you need to encroach on someone's humanity, you know, to, to disturb someone when they are, you know, they expect some degree of privacy and, and respect. You know what I mean? It's this it's this whole like James Carville, Mary Matlin, like phenomenon thing that they have in their head where it's like, no, 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 no. you can be on opposite sides of the political spectrum and then be married to each other and go home and 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 be be happy together. And it's not it's not all encompassing. This is just a game we play on TV for 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 sometimes. And then then we don't do it in real life. And it's it's such a delusional, detached view of what the stakes are for like real people that I can't. Again, it's all theater to them. It's all it's all pageantry. Yeah, and if if there is nothing so urgent, and, and they really are staking out as progressive as you can be, uh, as a reasonable, mature adult, that also means idealistic behavioral norms. Like you know, we we can disagree, but I I, resp- I certainly won't cause you personal discomfort. And it's like these are the people. There aren't that many of them. The senators, the. Re- these are the people that cause the harms that you see when you turn on the TV, you know, like these are the people for the organ when you, it was like the, the, the Haitian refugees on, under the, the highway overpass where, where they, yeah. the goddamn border patrol is on the horseback whipping the people that are here because our country destroyed their fucking country and extracted all the wealth from it. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's, it's the optics, it's the whipping. It's, you know what, there's gotta be a, a respectful way at, at the, the very end point to do the work, but without uh, being, a, being offensive to, to the visual picture. I, I, I don't know what, and it's, it, it uh, fuck. I, I just, I've been it, real depressed by this shit. Yes. Cause it's really depressing. It's really saying like, there's just nothing that important that we need to ruin the show or, or make my political affiliation seem slightly less decorous or, or polite, you know, like it, it's liberal as it's telling on yourself in terms of liberal as behavioral mode and not as uh, overt ideology because the overt economic ideology is one that is inflicting the pains that is causing people to, 
chase you into a fucking bathroom and swat the phone out of your hand. And you know what? Good. Justified. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's of the sort where people are like, oh, my, my grandfather was driven out of Cuba or, or run out of Haiti or whatever. And so it's just like, well, they they own slaves. Right? But it's it's Oops. it's always. Yeah. And by the way, um, I, I, it's because people are, are seeing themselves as essentially the the, the ruling class. Right. Uh, yeah. But it's important to remember this shit mostly doesn't happen out of the blue and it mostly doesn't happen uh randomly like to the wrong people to use a, a haiti example uh Desaline, after they took power went through and executed a fuck ton of white people yep and you know who didn't get executed the polish population the down there in haiti because they weren't on the side of the slave class it's like that's <laughs> That's the thing that, that they always forget is like, no, no, your class has always been around and they were always making moral compromises for the sake of their own immediate economic gain. Used to be they owned slaves. Now you have five different Instacart ex ser, or Instacart type uh, servants. It's all just very depressing. And so I, it, I, I decided to read theory. So time to read theory. What are we reading for? I got to say, I enjoyed reading theory. Uh, the last bonus I did it on where it was Lenin. I did not realize people would like say like, Oh, Lenin's like a poster, man. He'd be on Twitter. No, he really is the fucking poster. That guy will just do like it. You know, people are like, I'm going to make up a, a guy and get mad at him. Lenin would just like find a guy he disagreed with, then like follow him around, write his biography and then pick the biography of that man that he wrote apart. So he could like, he goes for five pages on every fucking sentence. This guy would be on like Vox's comment section, just doing a, a sentence by sentence dissection. Like he let nothing go. It's actually, I mean, it's fascinating to see someone just go that hard over like some dumbass associate professor at like the university of moscow <laughs> he, he finds every fuck up that guy ever had and just goes in hard and it, it it sort of makes you understand why some of these people are so intent on posting because it's like well wait if my idol who who started the revolution who led the glorious revolution was a poster what if in fact posting is the root of where the success came from what if we've been looking at this all wrong and posting is really the truth yeah i mean i, I think the thing with Lenin, what a way to start a sentence, is uh, the posting was really just an outlet for how hard he was going in all aspects of life. Like, <laughs> you know, he, he posted pretty hard, but if I've learned anything from the meme that says uh, Lenin would have shot everyone in the, in the room, uh, you know, he was he was living a wild life, too. He was getting some things done. Uh, he, was, he accomplished so, yeah, a couple things. I, I, you know, we definitely got the posting side taken care of, though. So, okay, first first theory thing we're reading. First theory thing we are reading is Combat Liberalism by Chairman Mao. Um, it is short. It is succinct. It does not leave a lot open to interpretation, um, which is perfect because you don't want uh, a bunch of theory works that can get away from you sometimes because sometimes they can get a little dense and, and get away from themselves. And Mao, I think, was the master at keep it tight, get out. Like, type five and then get out of there. And this one holds true by being less than five pages. 
All right. And, and Mao, he was sort of one of the early Chinese theorists that uh, Deng Xiaoping eventually corrected and, and perfected his theories. I'm trying to be better, Rob. I'm trying to be better, but you keep bringing me back. I don't know why you got to do that to me. Uh, yeah. Fat, look, uh, uh, no, no tendency sniping, no factional infighting when we already have the one true Dengus theory. <laughs> he nailed it. They're number one for a reason. Uh, unless this tells me otherwise, uh, combat liberalism. Here we go. Just a goddamn stuttering, lisping Polak reading, reading Chinese theory for a Western audience. Uh, what a world. And Nathan, hop in if, if you got anything, because I've never read this. This is the first time I've looked at this page. All right. So I will jump. Yeah, I will jump in as needed. I will not let you get to the very end and then try and summarize it all because that will be nonsense. So yes, I'm going to do this Mark's Madness style. Please interrupt me, because otherwise I will enter a fugue state. Uh, will I be learning anything? I don't know. I will be reading it. We're in this together, people that have never <laughs> encountered an essay, that they haven't immediately been required to write a, a an essay of their own about <laughs> with a main idea that mentions themes. Look, I'm just saying it's been a long fucking time, like AP history, since I've read an essay, but here we go. Combat liberalism. We stand for active ideological struggle because it is the weapon for ensuring unity within the party and the revolutionary organizations in the interest of our fight. Every communist and revolutionary should take up this weapon. But liberalism rejects ideological struggle and stands for unprincipled peace, thus giving rise to a decadent Philistine attitude and bringing about political degeneration in certain units and individuals in the party and the revolutionary organizations. Liberalism manifests itself in various ways. To let things slide for the sake of peace and friendship when a person has clearly gone wrong, and refrain from principled argument because he is an old acquaintance, a fellow townsman, a schoolmate, a close friend, a loved one, an old colleague or old subordinate, to touch on the matter lightly instead of going into it thoroughly so as to keep on good terms. The result is that both the organization and the individual are harmed. This is one type of liberalism. And we're going to see this as we go along. A lot of this is geared and you should feel it geared towards organization and a party structure. Um, that's what Mao was writing this about was, was again, they, they had a revolutionary party. They were doing work. They were, they were running a country. They had things to do. Um, but this is very, or they were working on running a country at this point. Um, but this is also a lot of this is just interpersonal things things that you should think about. I think if you think of yourself as a communist um, or you think of yourself as a leftist or you think of yourself as an anarchist, again, anarchist, probably not so much. You, you're probably not digging the Mao. I'm sorry. We'll get to you in a minute. You have your time coming. Um, but that being said, again, just these yeah. are the kind of, if we've learned anything <laughs> about MLs, it's they will get to the anarchists. Eventually their time <laughs> is coming. God damn it. No, fuck. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that. To All continue. Right. To indulge oh, an irresponsible... Yeah, yeah, no, no, ahead. I was just going to say, so this is... And leading off those first couple paragraphs, you kind of get the idea of what Mao's writing about here, that this is this is four people in an organization, this is four revolutionaries. Um, that being said, I still like this work outside of that context because I think it does a good job of explaining just models of behavior that should, when you hear them, these are the kind of behaviors that I think all communists, leftists, anarchists, anyone should be able to model themselves off of, because I don't, I, I think these are lofty goals. I think that I fail to meet them sometimes, but I also think that they're all very important to differentiate what 
what are the behaviors that make you that make us different from generic garden variety liberals like the ones we've been talking about up to this point yeah there i've always heard of this as like a, a sort of a this is how you should live like aspirational thing like i heard once that like a a, a podcast i uh, was having some conflict and i had a meeting because someone was acting like a lib end quote. <laughs> and so they, they all read this one, right? Combat liberalism. Like, Hey, look, man, mouse says you're fucking up. And it's like, you know, like a Tony Robbins, this is how a, a communist lives. And this is how liberals, you know, they drive like this, <laughs> like one of those things. Right. I'd say that's about right. So again, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't that's, read this to be doctrinaire. I don't think that's, I, I, I hope that I've, I've, come across not in that sense um but that is this i i do like this for again what we're trying to do the foundations of short works that are foundational that are that i think everyone should read or have have some familiarity with and i think this one's top of the list for those reasons even if some people take it way too far to indulge in irresponsible criticism in private instead of actively putting forward one's suggestions to the organization, to say nothing to people to their faces but to gossip behind their backs, or to say nothing at a meeting but to gossip afterwards, to show no regard at all for the principles of collective life but to follow one's own inclination. This is a second type. To let things drift if they do not affect one personally, to say as little as possible while knowing perfectly well what is wrong, to be worldly wise and play safe and seek only to avoid blame. This is a third type. Not to obey orders, but to give pride of place to one's own opinions, to demand special consideration from the organization, but to reject its discipline. This is a fourth type. To indulge in personal attacks, pick quarrels, vent personal spite, or seek revenge instead of entering into an argument and struggling against incorrect views for the sake of unity or progress or getting the work done properly. This is a fifth that type. Fifth type is a, that fifth type is a doozy. I feel like that fifth type should be something that everybody can kind of look at and go, yeah, no, that we see that. Like you, you see that all the time. Um, and, and it should be. It, again, it should be an obvious one, but yeah, that's that that's something you're you're doing when you're just getting into personal attacks. Lenin, I see you, you you spiteful boy, you. Um, when you're Lenin canceled by Mal, <laughs> ten thousand PhD theses, right? Just <laughs> <laughs> but again, those those last three again, they're you know wanting to be unique, wanting to be special, not wanting to be part of the organization. And again, this goes back to this is why again I understand anarchists. If this is not your cup of tea, I get it. We will get to anarchist theory as we go here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, not willing to put your, put the collective before yourself. Those, those sorts of ideas are, are kind of what Mao's getting at in these last couple here. You know, I had the inclination or at least I had the thought that, you know, personal attacks, quarrels, personal spite, seeking revenge instead of doing things the right way. Like this is the closest I get to a human nature argument. Where I'm like, yeah, you know, this is just, sure, this is DSA meeting shit. I mean, literally, what was it? Number two was like, don't gossip at the meeting or after the meeting. Like, <laughs> yeah. like some of it is just very petty human behavior. Um, but I will say, like, human nature is also, like, you know, pissing and shitting. But we managed to go do that in a particular place and time and then not have it fuck up whatever project you're working <laughs> on during the day. So I, I I think we can do the same with all this sort of uh, petty infighting bullshit like yes that is i convince myself in real time there is a human nature element to that but that doesn't mean that that can't be simply managed and using our better angels and higher logic realize hey actually we have more important things yeah we got bigger fish to fry getting the work done as mal puts it here yeah yeah 
to hear incorrect views without rebutting them and even to hear counter-revolutionary remarks without reporting them, but instead to take them calmly as if nothing had happened. This is a sixth type. To be among the masses and fail to conduct propaganda and agitation or speak at meetings or conduct investigations and inquiries among them, and instead to be indifferent to them and show no concern for their well-being, forgetting that one is a communist and behaving as if one were an ordinary non-communist. This is a seventh type. To see someone harming the interests of the masses and yet not feel indignant or dissuade or stop him or reason with him, but to allow him to continue, this is an eighth type. To work half-heartedly without a definite plan or direction. To work perfunctorily and muddle along. So long as one remains a monk, one goes on tolling the bell. That's the ninth type. To regard oneself as having rendered great service to the revolution. To pride oneself on being a veteran. To disdain minor assignments while being quite unequal to major tasks. To be slipshod in work and slack in study. This is a tenth type. Let me just say that that is one... The idea of being a veteran or seeing oneself as like having greatly served the revolution, I understand why that would be like a, a sort of more immediate concern for, let's see, this was written in 1937. Yeah. So I, I get it, but it, it does also kind of remind me of uh, some organizing stuff in like New York City where there there is a sense that yeah, this is my ideology, but it's also my like social group where I like blow off steam. And, you know, if I want to get drunk at this action, that, that's actually fine. Like I, I, I'm merging sort of my social life, my personhood and like ego and sense of self and uh, my like acted politics in a way that makes people get a little bit protective of what's going on, where it's like, you know, I've been doing this for like six years. So shut the fuck up. I mean, Occupy, for its many faults, was pretty good at avoiding people, and credit to anarchists, uh, avoiding people like standing up and being like, I've been at Zuccotti for 40 days now, and so everyone that isn't as real as me, shut the fuck up. Like, they were pretty good at shutting yeah, that down. Exactly. You know? Uh, but I, I think in general, uh, as we hopefully see more and more people enter leftism, uh, those that have been in it for a minute, I think, should remember that that doesn't actually earn you anything extra, you know, this, everyone is welcome. We, we need, we need new people for this thing to work. We need a, a lot of fucking, a lot, lot of people, of people and uh, for this and, to work. And you have to not, again, it's just the not priding yourself on being a veteran. And I don't, I don't take that. I don't know if Mao's referring specifically to like veteran of a war status or something like that. I don't, I'm not taking it like that, but just the idea that I've been here longer than you and therefore you shut up and I do the big work and, you know, recognize your faults, right? He said, you know, to disdain minor assignments while being quite unequal to major tasks. Know your role. Got got him. No, you're no, that's me. Like, but that's like me. Like, I got my I recognize ass. very yeah, I fully that I would not I, I shouldn't be leading this thing at all. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. No, give me a minor task. I, I do I I do joke. Yeah, I mean our like uh, motto on the website, because we needed to put in a slogan. I guess that's part of registering a website <laughs> on our shitty platform. We've just put garbage men of the vanguard, because like, yeah, that's all I actually want yes. to do. That would be a sick life. I would. I don't need to be figuring out the tax code or whatever the fuck or, or resource distribution. I'm ideologically on your side and I'm active in my community. That, that seems like enough. And, you know, I always joke that, you know, it's clearly, look, 
maybe it's you. I, maybe it's you. It's definitely not me, but no one knows who the next like young Lennon out mm-hmm. there is going to be. But if you're someone that's been in this game for a long time, sneering at new people, bitch, you're, you're not Lennon or you would, you would be Lennon already. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's gotta... I hope you, I hope you got someone else in mind to recommend. Cause it ain't you look that's, around that, next man up, baby. Someone's going to get hurt next man up. Let's go refill the ranks. Yeah. Uh, so to be aware of one's own mistakes and yet make no attempt to correct them, taking a liberal attitude towards oneself. This is an 11th type. We could name more, but these 11 are the principal types. They are all manifestations of liberalism. All right. First of all, I'd just like to say he's kind of giving himself credit there. We, we'd all like to say we could name a bunch <laughs> Can more. Can you? I've already named them. That's yeah, yeah, it's look, 11's good. 11's good. You don't have to. We believe that you could name more. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was his editor, I'd be like, you seem a bit insecure now. <laughs> Do you believe in yourself a little bit? Which actually, maybe I shouldn't have. If anything, the Chinese steel industry proved that he sort of believed in himself a little too yeah. much. You know I mean, uh, look, I'm, I'm happy for all of them. And we'll be defecting as, as soon as the uh, CIA finalizes my papers. <laughs> uh, liberalism is extremely harmful in a revolutionary collective. It is a corrosive which eats away unity, undermines cohesion, causes apathy, and creates dissension. It robs the revolutionary ranks of compact organization and strict discipline, prevents policies from being carried through, and alienates the party organizations from the masses which the party leads. It is an extremely bad tendency. <laughs> I love that part. I don't know why, but that just makes me very... It's really bad, guys. No, there's a... There's a poetry to, to listing 11 things and then just hammering home, just hammering home the thesis statement like it's, again, the last essay in an AP <laughs> test and then being so depleted that you just go, it's bad. OK, I've described something bad. Uh, liberalism, be, uh, Mal continues. Uh, that's very funny to me that I'm. Yeah. I'm reading Mal. Mal continues here. Liberalism stems from petty bourgeois selfishness. It places personal interests first and the interests of the revolution second. And this gives rise to ideological, political, and organizational liberalism. Three of the worst types, if you ask me. If I had to name three. And I could name many more. But we've named named the main ones. I've done sufficient. Uh, People who are liberals look upon the principles of Marxism as abstract dogma. They approve of Marxism, but are not, I mean, that would be nice. (laughs) They approve of Marxism, but are not prepared to practice it or to practice it in full. They are not prepared to replace their liberalism by Marxism. These people have their Marxism, but they have their liberalism as well. They talk Marxism, but practice liberalism. They apply Marxism to others, but liberalism to themselves. They keep both kinds of goods in stock and find a use for each. This is how the minds of certain people work. Yep. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, all right. I mean, it, <laughs> not, not, not much to say. It's it's true. You can see. That. I mean, I see that in. I there there are aspects of that that I see in myself. There are parts of me that I I absolutely recognize. I'm I'm trying to. I I want to live my Marxist principles as much as I possibly can, and yet there are still times where I fall short of that. Um, and that is that is something that I need to recognize and try and try and adapt to. Now, again, this is not like doctrinaire gospel kind of stuff, but I do think this is aspirational kind of stuff and, and is the key of, again, Mao, I think was the king of self crit, like crit all the time, constant, always be critting. 
uh, like because it uh, ain't, ain't that the black mages? Am I right? <laughs> I see you. But it is it's it's something that I think is useful. And it's something that I think is very um, the the quicker I got past the idea that criticism is bad and you should get defensive about it all the time. Uh, the the quicker I think I became a better a better communist better leftist better better person overall because the quicker you can accept when someone is just trying to help or or just trying to put you on the right path and absorb that and then work through it uh i think you're going to survive a whole hell of a lot better in the world and you're definitely going to be a better comrade to the people around you i just don't understand like logically or experientially um people that really think they have the answers already like just what are the odds That of all the people on earth, you got all killer, no filler and just <laughs> nailed it. Like all the bullshit that is pumped in everyone's minds. Yours was so uniquely configured or elastic that it just fucking kicked away all the propaganda and bullshit and misinformation and stuff you don't even know to seek out. And you just fucking nailed it. And not only did you nail it, but you nailed it with the type of perfection that also allows you uh, to be a huge asshole and 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 tell everyone how yeah, right you yep, are yep. on the internet all day. It's so funny that type of expertise yeah. seems uh, uh, more common. To be- think, and I like that Mao here seems so exasperated yeah. that he's just like uh, uh, projectiling out uh, examples. To be fair, that was exactly me after I read State and Revolution. That was that was one hundred percent. I had it right there, baby. I got it. I had it all. I had everything I needed. I was ready. I was ready to start fighting people all day. Uh, so again, we all go through that. I think everybody goes through that phase at some point. And if you don't, you're a better person than I am. I'll give I, you're, you're better than I am. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt when I first discovered mystery. Method. <laughs> um, the worst people in the world will know what that refers <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, here, we here we go. Liberalism is a manifestation of opportunism and conflicts fundamentally with Marxism. It is negative. I like he's back to it's, it's bad, bad guys. It is negative. And objectively has the effect of helping the enemy. I, I like how Mal uh-huh. talks because Lenin Lenin is like a Twitter poster, uh, and and Mal is like one, an old like something awful forums poster who's just like you get to his post and there's so many like quote symbols and you realize he's just going like point for point down and unlike lenin that would be like haha verbal jujitsu mao is just you can see his emotional state draining it <laughs> as he gets further into the piece just it's objectively it's bad and it's objective it's objectively bad <laughs> it's like all right man I'm like i i got you uh, uh, mao continues that is why the enemy welcomes its preservation in our midst such being its nature there should be no place for it in the ranks of the revolution we must use Marxism, which is positive in spirit, to overcome liberalism, which is negative. <laughs> he has come up with so many different adjectives for calling it bad. I'll give him credit. He got a thesaurus out. Uh, uh, kind of. <laughs> I, I, he's, he's got bad and negative. And it seems like he's re- he's playing the hits. This is, I have to imagine, this is his free bird. But you know what? I kind of like this uh, in a very uh, uh, Ho Chi Minh Sort of like, let's just get it to the basics. This thing bad, this thing good. Do you understand? And yeah, Mel, I kind of do when you put it that way. I don't know who the fuck Deleuze is. <laughs> There's a lot of people with tattoos and fucking West Bushwick that want me to read Deleuze to understand. I'm never going to read Deleuze or understand nope. it. 
But when this guy goes, this thing bad, this thing good, by the fifth time he does it, I'm starting to get what he yep. means. I'm ready for uh, Maoism, Polish worldism. <laughs> Ma- Maoist Miesmor, <laughs> just the empire between the seas. Okay, we must use Marxism, which is positive in spirit, to overcome liberalism, which is negative. A communist should have largeness of mind, and he should be staunch and active, looking upon the interests of the revolution as his very life and subordinating his personal interests to those of the revolution. Always and everywhere he should adhere to principle and wage a tireless struggle against all incorrect ideas and actions, so as to consolidate the collective life of the party and strengthen the ties between the party and the masses. He should be more concerned about the party and the masses than about any private person, and more concerned about others than about himself. Only thus can he be considered a communist. All loyal, honest, Active and upright communists must unite to oppose the liberal tendencies shown by certain people among us and set them on the right path. This is one of the tasks on our ideological front. The, the end. end. Mao. And he put he put kisses at the bottom. <laughs> I don't know. Not the word kisses, obviously. That'd be absurd. It looks like he took a, a deep red and put kisses on the <laughs> essay. There's a little bit of perfume so that when the editor gets it, it makes him stick out among the pile all right i gotta say that was as someone that grew up a fundamentalist christian and not enough of it stuck clearly uh because as we said earlier in the episode those fundies are running roughshod over union square (laughs) having the time of their lives uh but i'm I'm, from being a fundamentalist christian i'm familiar with like a certain sort of rhetoric you know uh and mal really nails it here that this had like the sermon yes. vibes. Mao Mao always for some reason gives me those. He I think was and there'll be a lot of Mao on this at certain points just because again, when it comes to reading short concise works that you can read in one sitting, Mao was in my opinion the master. Uh if anyone thinks I'm wrong and has better examples, suggest them and we'll read those. Yeah. Yeah, you can just send yeah. them to us. It's fine. We'll do it. Yeah, this what like, what else are we doing? It's, I mean, we're reading Mao on a podcast for fuck's right sake. Now. You know what I mean? I was, I got the, this. This is really it. So send in the suggestion. Uh, what is uh, what is so anyway? My recap on this. I I quite like this. I like that it uh, tells you simply what sort of things uh, are helpful and what sort of things aren't helpful. And I like that it browbeats me a little bit um, because because at least from what I can tell, you know, there there's some novelty and newness and like getting into leftism and like discovering the thing about like Marxist analysis or like materialist analysis is it actually gives you a framework to, to look at things. And all of a sudden you're just like, man, I was just stumbling around in the dark a la carte grabbing stuff, just fucking grab ass with any issue that, that came on by foreign policy was just based on, did I do a summer abroad there? Like I was a real dummy. And now look, I'm, I'm Mr. Scientist. One might say the immortal scientist, ah, just miserable, (laughs) but, but that's, but like, you know, that is fun. And so you can get caught up in this. And the feeling of being right is intoxicating. That actually affects people of all ideologies everywhere. The idea that you have some new or secret knowledge, it can give you that sort of like, haha, people need to, I now have a reason why people should listen to me. I'm now, I've earned something, some extra, uh, uh, cred or attention by my knowledge and understanding of the world this new field is open to me and now i'm going to be the biggest douchebag possible (laughs) and 
that's that you can kind of get away with in, in other fields. You know, we talked to Evan about how, you know, professors are insane people and you can get away with that in like academia and stuff. But uh, here in left politics, that's really alienating. So you kind of need to knock that off for the project that you're so clever for figuring out like to work. And so Mal here just laying it out like, hey, if you catch yourself doing this, you're probably fucking up the project. And the project is supposed to be more important than anything else you have going on. What with its affecting untold generations of human yeah. life. But, you know, I guess gossip after the meeting if you want. <laughs> have your coffee so, clatch and, and, and do it there, but not during the meeting. So uh, I, would, I would rate this five mouths <laughs> out of five mouths. Uh, what are we... What are we going to read uh, next? Next up, we're going to read On Authority, and I promise, I swear, there is anarchism coming up right after this one. Uh, this is this is the last of the of the tankier works or the the more authoritarian works. If someone wants to get on that path with it uh, for this session, but uh, yeah, we're going to read On Authority by Frederick Engels because again, it's short. Look, this is what the MLs on the Patreon requested you want to really fucking stick it to those red fash give me 669 a month and then you can recommend that's the thing i will dance like a monkey for you for 699 a month i will come on here and talk <laughs> no, about anarchism no, it, it, it look this is one of those things where if we if we beat the the bit to death it becomes indistinguishable from the no, real no. thing of, of okay, an advertisement good. so we'll just say we'll just say that that yeah, we're gonna do on authority here, uh, which is is that, that Engels? Is Engels yes. Who Angles? This is an old time. I haven't read any Engels yet. Um, so we're gonna do this, and then the bonus episode, which will come out tomorrow. Uh, we're going to just do the entire Communist Manifesto, yes. like like this. So, uh, and then I assume some anarchist. Yeah, shit, on uh, right? listen, Marxists by Murray Bookchin for those uh, for the. For the more the less hierarchical inclined crowd, Engels not problematic. Cool. Uh, no, he's problematic. He has some Engels. Uh, Engels absolutely has some some parts on him where it's like you you have to figure out where all these people fucked up. And Engels fucked up. Uh, to b- the best of my knowledge, he had some uh, more anti-Semitic beliefs uh, running amongst him. Um, he also again was uh, just an old guy in the 1800s and probably didn't have a lot of great uh, opinions on a lot of stuff, but. He did have some monumentally good opinions on a lot of things. He was Marx's editor, and the reason Marx is legible, in my opinion, most of the time. Um, and he also published a number of great works on his own. Uh, Socialism, Utopian, Scientific is great, and we'll probably hit it at some point on this reading series. Um, I have not read on the origin of the family. Uh, I hear that's the one where there's some problematic stuff hiding out in there, so I may try and dis- you know discern what that is. But again... Don't put these people on a pedestal. Everyone's awful at, at times, uh, but when they say smart stuff, let's listen to that. And here is an example, I think, of this. This is the piece that I think is the is is used as a bludgeon sometimes, and I don't intend it to be used that way, so we're going to try and talk about that as we go here. But this is not meant to bludgeon anarchists and tell them you're wrong. Nah. Um, if you use it like that, you're doing this wrong. But it is it is definitely a, a piece on on authority and where that comes from and why we use it. Hearing uh, a lot of questions already answered by my not here to bludgeon anarchist T-shirt, <laughs> they keep hearing that. But OK, on authority by uh, 
by Ingles. Um, apparently slightly uh, <laughs> problematic. But having seen his titty drawing that he did in the side notes of his, uh, in the margins of his notebook, yeah, I might be willing to forget. If I've learned anything from the, the Twitter illustrator community slash what from what furries tell me uh you're able to overlook a lot of problematic personal shit if the uh, titty art is good <laughs> so, uh frederick with that great introduction uh on authority a number of socialists have latterly li- oh, i already don't like him as much no as you're not latterly you're not to- we're doing we're doing an ad adverb on it's ladder 1872 man come on that's that's strike one. Uh, a number of socialists have latterly launched a regular crusade against what they call the principle of authority. It suffices to tell them that this or that act is authoritarian for it to be condemned. This summary mode of procedure is being abused to such an extent that it has become necessary to look into the matter somewhat more closely. Oh, damn. They got Engels' attention. <laughs> you fucked up. You Pushes fucked his up. glasses up. Uh, authority. Authority, in the sense in which the word is used here, means the imposition of the will of another upon ours. On the other hand, uh, authority presupposes subordination. Now, since these two words sound bad and the relationship which they represent is disagreeable to the subordinated party, the question is to ascertain whether there is any way of dispensing with it, whether, given the conditions of present-day society, we could not create another system in which this authority would be given no scope any longer and would consequently have to disappear. On examining the economic, industrial, and agricultural conditions which form the basis of present-day bourgeois society, we find that they tend more and more to replace isolated action by combined action of individuals. Modern industry, with its big factories and mills, where hundreds of workers supervise complicated machines driven by steam, has superseded the small workshops of the separate producers. The carriages and wagons of the highways have become substituted by railway trains, just as the small schooners and sailing fe- feluccas have, <laughs> have been by steamboats. Even agriculture falls increasingly under the dominion of the machine and of steam, which slowly but relentlessly put in the place of the small proprietors big capitalists, who with the aid of hired workers cultivate vast stretches of land. Everywhere combined action, the complication of processes dependent upon each other, displaces independent action by individuals. But whoever mentions combined action speaks of organization. Now, is it possible to have organization without authority? Supposing a social revolution dethroned the capitalists, who now exercise their authority over the production and the circulation of wealth? Supposing, to adopt entirely the point of view of the anti-authoritarians, that the land and the instruments of labor had become the collective property of the workers who will use them. Will authority have disappeared or will it only have changed its form? Let us see. I do love a let us see. This guy, he has the attitude Mm -hmm. and moral superiority of a dude who overuses adjectives. And that's a very particular type of dude. I promise you I'm not making them up. They're the worst dude you ever avoid that dude. Um, and again, um, look, sometimes that sometimes that dude can write a good pamphlet. I don't know. I'm still to be reading fair, it. I'm when we get saying, to Bookchin, a lot when of we get to Bookchin, listen, Marxists, he's going to be the exact opposite form of condescending that this is only to the Marxists that are talking right now. So we'll make sure we balance it out. 
Okay, well, I hope he uses less adverbs. I think he does. Nice. I think he's a little more uh, a little more eloquent. Let us take by way of example a cotton spinning mill. The cotton must pass through at least six successive operations before it is reduced to the state of thread, and these operations take place for the most part in different rooms. Furthermore, keeping the machines going requires an engineer to look after the steam engine, mechanics to make the current repairs, and many other laborers whose business it is to transfer the products from one room to another and so forth. All these workers, men, women, and children, are obliged to begin and finish their work at the hours fixed by the authority of the steam, which cares nothing for individual autonomy. The, the workers must, therefore, first come to an understanding on the hours of work, and these hours, once they are fixed, must be observed by all without any exception. Thereafter, particular questions arise in each room and at every moment concerning the mode of production, distribution of material, etc., uh, which must be settled by decision of a delegate placed at the head of each branch of labor, or, if possible, by a majority vote. The will of the single individual will always have to subordinate itself, which means that questions are settled in an authoritarian way. The automatic machinery of the big factory is much more despotic than the small capitalists who employ workers have ever been. At least with regard to the hours of work, one may write upon the portals of these factories some bullshit that apparently means leave ye to enter in all autonomy. He's behind. also this guy's using <laughs> fucking Latin. <laughs> Strike two. This guy sucks. <laughs> this guy fucking sucks. Uh, if if man, by dint of his knowledge and inventive genius, has subdued the forces of nature, the latter avenge themselves upon him by subjecting him, insofar as he employs them, to a veritable despotism independent of all social organization. Wanting to abolish authority in large-scale industry is tantamount to wanting to abolish industry itself, to destroy the power loom in order to return to the spinning wheel. Let us take another example, the railway. Here, too, the cooperation of an infinite number of individuals is absolutely necessary, and this cooperation must be practiced during precisely fixed hours so that no accidents may happen. Here, too, the first condition of the job is a dominant will that settles all subordinate questions. Whether this will is represented by a single delegate or a, a committee charged with the execution of the resolutions of the majority of persona interested, in either case, there is a very pronounced authority. Moreover, what would happen to the first what would happen to the first train dispatched if the authority of the railway employees over the honorable passengers were abolished? The necessity of authority and of imperious authority at that will nowhere be found more evident than on board a ship on the high seas. This guy is really we get it. Technology is wild. It's fucked up. Uh, apparently on the high seas there in time of danger, the lives of all depend on the instantaneous and absolute obedience of all to the will of one. When I submitted arguments like these to the most rabid anti-authoritarians, the only answer they were able to give me was the following. Yes, that's true, but there is not the case of authority which we confer on our delegates, but of a commission entrusted. These gentlemen think that when they have changed the names of things, they have changed the things themselves. This is how these profound thinkers mock at the whole world. We have seen, we have thus seen that on the one hand, a certain authority, no matter how delegated, and on the other hand, a certain subordination are things which independently of all social organization are imposed upon us together with the material conditions under which we produce and make products circulate. <laughs> I heard you breathe in, so I know you got no, something. It's just it, this. I do like the, the these gentlemen think that when they have changed the names of things, they have changed the things themselves. That is 
that is interesting. I don't like, again, I, the more I read this now, it, it's amazing what time will do to you. But yeah, this feels a little, it feels a little preachy at times, um, which I get. Um, it is interesting when we, when we do the whole, well, we're not going to call it. The, and it, it's funny because that, that name itself, that argument itself can get thrown at Marxists all the time when they talk about, no, 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 we're doing socialism. But then it's just capital. You know, if you just call it capitalism and, and, and put shiny socialist, you know, tendencies on it, then, then you're not really changing the thing. You've just changed your names and you're doing the same thing. It's what people accuse China of doing all the time. Um, so it's very interesting that, that, that phrase itself to me is just very, I don't know. I, I like it, but it's also funny how much that gets thrown back at Marx's face. Um, justifiably so in some cases. I don't like, okay. When he goes, this is how these profound thinkers mock at the whole world. Is he, is he say he's saying profound thinkers sarcastically. Very much so. Yes. That's, that's lowbrow. Humor. <laughs> uh, if I were him, I would, I would cut that. When I read that, it's just like, Oh yeah. The, the, the fucking grammar King, is going to use sar- this guy is annoying <laughs> i'm annoyed at angles that they they changed the name of it this is how these profound thinkers at least lenin would like go through your post history and be like uh first off your shoe games dog shit <laughs> and start from there and just work his way up angles is just like yeah real smart mm, man i'm i'm out on angles but i'm, I'm hearing him out in terms of his theory here Okay, where where we was I? Seen ah, that. We have uh, here we go. Actually, I think we're past. Hold on, yeah, we're just past that. Oh yeah, we have seen besides that the material conditions of production and circulation inevitably develop with large scale industry and large scale agriculture, and increasingly tend to enlarge the scope of this authority. Hence, it is absurd to speak of the principle of authority as being absolutely evil and of the principle of autonomy as being absolutely good. Authority and autonomy are relative things whose spheres vary with the various phases of the development of society. If, if the uh, autonomous confine themselves to saying that the social organization of future would restrict authority solely to the limits within which the conditions of production render it inevitable, we could understand each other. But they are blind to all facts that make the thing necessary and they passionately fight the world is this like an all anarchists would have to be and prim sort of thing yeah a little bit a little bit all right uh why do the anti-authoritarians not confine themselves to crying out against political authority the state all socialists are agreed that the political state and with it political authority will disappear as a result of the coming social revolution that is that public functions will lose their political character and will be transformed into the simple administrative functions of watching over the true interests of society. So that actually sounds pretty. Yeah, sick, it actually. does. And that I, uh, I want, I, I'm going to stop there. I don't know why I'm taking so hard a stance against this work right now, but I, <laughs> it's not that I'm against it. No, go for it. Cause it, did, did you, were you like more, on his side it's very very funny yeah i did a a mini madness very uh, where which was a a short-lived series where i did something similar to this where i just read really short works um in their entirety um and back then i was very much on the ha ha look at him sticking it to him look at him go and it's funny now and that was about two years ago and now the more i read it the more i'm like "Eh, i get what you're trying to accomplish um and i know what you're trying to say but i can also see why that last sentence sounds incredibly idealistic to people that have lived through um history um that that 
that the public functions will lose their political character and will be transformed into the simple administrative functions of watching over the true interests of society. If you looked at how actual revolutions played out, that didn't oh, that didn't happen every time. That's not to say that they fa- that they were failures or that you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't wholly support the revolution if we had to do it over again. Um, but to say that they that they lost their political character and that there's absolutely no risk of of these things recoalescing into into authoritarian structures just because they're calling themselves socialist that's naive um that's idealist i think to a to a certain degree and for someone that that positions themselves as an anti-idealist and an anti-utopian um i think that's i think he's basically going you guys are being stupid in how you think of authority because look my thing that's going to totally happen just because i say it's going to happen will 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 fix everything and i don't think that's fair i don't think that's a fair assessment of what people that are genuinely worried about a, a group taking over and consolidating power and then not acting in the will of the people i think that's a very real fear and that's not something that should be derided necessarily isn't it funny like the blind spots you have how, how you the first time you read this you 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 read it looking for certain yes. things and and that's that's what you you found and you had no idea that you did that that was just a, a blind spot because you know you you just experienced the new thing and so you had this new uh experience and knowledge and you wanted to see it reinforced in the world and i i think that's that's natural i mean for me i was a momo bias when i started with twice <laughs> that was just i was so caught up in it and she was the lead dancer but over time you realize dalian supremacy uh stan tofu etc but Engels continues here that the anti-authoritarians demand that the political state be abolished at one stroke even before the social conditions that gave birth to it have been destroyed they demand that the first act of the social revolution shall be the abolition of authority have these gentlemen ever seen a revolution a revolution is this guy is so fucking shitty. Uh, have these gentlemen ever seen <laughs> yes, a revolution? That line, a revolution that is like keep going. I don't know. Like, bitch, has this guy seen a revolution? I mean, I what yes. he's, he's working off like the he's French, working off right? the, I'm just the saying, commune. Ba- um, the commune is the most recent one. The French Revolution, um, the revolutions of 1848, um, all of all of those. Yeah, by the way, shout out to Rosa Lux. We claim her in Poland. <laughs> uh, the based, based goddess and queen. Uh, have these gentlemen ever seen a revolution? He gets more catty each time. Uh, a revolution is certainly the most authoritarian thing there is. It is the act whereby one part of the population imposes its will upon the other part by means of rifles, bayonets, and cannons authoritarian means if such there be at all and if the victorious party does not want to have fought in vain it must maintain this rule by means of the terror which its arms inspire in the reaction there would the paris commune have lasted a no no keep keep going sorry i should let you finish would the paris commune have lasted a single day if it had not made use of this authority of the armed people against the bourgeois should we not on the contrary reproach it for not having used it freely enough therefore either one of two things either the anti-authoritarians don't know what they're talking about in which case they're creating nothing but confusion or they do know and in that case they are betraying the movement of the proletariat in either case they serve the reaction i liked it when lenin said <laughs> i was about to say dumb and awful. Says dumb i didn't like it when angle says said. dumb and awful everyone says dumb and awful it happens through history Bro, this shit is easy. 
here's what here's here's what's happened me being cool uh playing diablo 3 at some of the highest level portals uh getting my my wizards so that i can cast archon constantly needing a podcast title for the the dumb internet chat show me and my friend are gonna have uh crossing out uh 539 as a potential title and just going oh, dumb and awful you know because because people are like you know like politics man it's like you know what are they dumb or are they awful it can only be one or the other and in that moment essentially riffing out the big closer of Engels and lennon like on the one hand uh i'm a genius this shit is based uh, and i'm correct about everything on the other, so depressing again, <laughs> again that we've everyone has just been saying the same shit for a hundred years. This shit's not even hard to think of. Anyone can do it. It's super obvious, and yet here we are. The, so now, now that we got to the end. What, what was your so take this on is, this? They name check Paris Commune. He did name check Paris Commune, and this is this is the interesting part. Is where the, so the first three quarters of this kind of in retrospect annoy me. Uh, a little bit and don't don't hit his true as we kind of talked about one thing though and this just it it hit um the the part on a revolution is the most authoritarian thing there is where one whereby one part of a population opposes one the other by means of rifles bayonets and cannon and if victorious does not want to have fought in vain it must maintain this rule by means of the terror which its arms inspire in the reactionists that line uh, to me hits a lot harder now having read black reconstruction in America uh, officially finished that book. God bless America uh, or something like that. I don't know. I, what, why does it, why did yeah probably not? No, God it's, it's, America, it's very much though. a goddamn America. Uh, it's uh it's, it's the most, re- but um, why would you, why does it hit harder this because, time? Because I mean, it's a pretty wild thing for this nerd. It to is say. a pretty wild thing for this nerd to say, um, this rich nerd specifically. But uh, it is um, the whole history of Reconstruction is a history of a a group that violently fought for their freedom. The fact that it's not taught this way is insulting to Americans and and to our our very in just in in infantile view of history, but it is really interesting that it is a story of a class violently taking up arms for their own freedom, fighting for that freedom, being told that there was going to be military and government intervention to maintain that freedom. And the second that military force, that active violent uh, occupying force was removed. Every one of the freedoms they fought for were stripped away systematically one by one. To, to the point where it, it it was immediately back to back to slavery um and and that is i think the the big part of of maintaining revolution this also again i don't want to larp 1917 um but if there was no authority to maintain the Russian Revolution, when the Civil War broke out, what would have happened if we didn't have Trotsky and the gang leading the army uh, in a in a rather organized fashion to fight back the white to fight back the white army? the The American Reconstruction period um, and the 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 rights and liberties of of the freedmen that were that were absolutely stripped away systematically. Du Bois in that book. Um, go check out our series on Black Reconstruction. It's complete by the time you hear this, or it will be in a week. Um, Every single one of those freedoms that they fought for and died for, uh, and again, that war was only won because the 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 slaves were allowed to enter the war. 
there is no that that it is so concrete and so obvious um after after going through i mean du bois details it perfectly but they were only able to win that war because they allowed the slaves to fight and and join the army and the freedmen the free black men to join the army they fought they died on the condition that this was a social revolution that they were going to have equality and they were going to govern for themselves that governance lasted as long as military occupation and as long as there was active force enforcing it the the threat of military rule active uh, uh sanctioning uh and taking away of of rights of the southern states until they acquiesced to reconstruction um and the second it was withdrawn the second the guns were turned off capitalists turned around rewrote the rules rewrote the system uh started started the ku klux klan and drove everything back to a point of near slavery and that takes it takes authority to win a revolution it does at a certain stage you are going to enforce your revolution with force you're not going to get it by asking nicely and american reconstruction is a very perfect example of that i mean it it, i will say that uh, i don't know anything i just read this thing and I got slightly annoyed by it, but it does seem to me as a dumbass intuitive that like some amount of authority allows you to be like stress resistant. You know what I mean? But like to get things done, there, there, <laughs> there have to be like, like English just said, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of responsibility. There has to be a lot of delegation. There has to be a, a lot of uh, decisions being made with people that have different uh, responsibilities and knowledge and experience and all this. It just seems like I, however you want to define authority, um, having the ability to accomplish a thing should be like a necessary, uh, condition towards like, get Here's, here's what uh, this made me think of, uh, on the night occupy got, run out of Zuccotti, everybody went into Foley Plaza uh, sort of at once because, like, you know, they brought in the the heavy vehicles and stuff. And we're all in uh, Foley Plaza. And there's it's broken into, like, five different simultaneous working groups because everyone says, crisis working group. And then someone else says, okay, we're doing a crisis worker. And then, like, no one's communicating and there's no sense of what to do if you really got kicked out. And so all these groups just started independently running meetings and this is when like you know there's multiple helicopters overhead there's people going like what do we do people are looking for their friends it's like a real chaotic that night in new york was wild it was (laughs) until the george floyd stuff uh i i hadn't seen anything quite like that and so with each passing minute people are like oh fuck what what are we doing can we get to okay yes enough we need to make a decision and like there was a real by five minutes, by six minutes, there was a real tension of like, okay, somebody needs to fucking do something. And I turned to my friend, uh, frustrated myself and just went like, this is bullshit. Like I have my backpack with me. I, I, I don't want to f- get knocked over and have my backpack break my laptop. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, we, I was well, because look, I, I wasn't at Zuccotti when it started happening. I had to be called in for for the wall, and so I got down there in time. But then we were immediately pushed out, and so I wasn't dressed for fucking wildness. And I'm just like, this fucking sucks. In a moment of weakness, I'm like, I can't afford to replace my laptop if some shit goes down. I'm gonna go to fucking Washington Square Park, and I started walking. And it wasn't until 
probably 30 seconds, which is a long time when you're, you know, fucking scared and tired and, uh, getting out of there. I turned around and realized that I was leading the entirety of Occupy Wall Street because so the meetings had become so interminable at this moment of crisis that when I had my little outburst and then said, I'm fucking off to Washington Square Park, people took that as a decision and just leached away from the group until I was literally the point of the spear at Occupy Wall Street on the Zuccotti night. And in that moment, I'll never forget, I, I thought to myself, if if this just happened, oh, fuck, anarchism doesn't work. Does it, does it? Oh, no. Because there's no way that this was this. If this is your output, whatever algorithm <laughs> you're running fucked up immensely. And that and that wasn't even that big a moment of Christ. I can't imagine what a revolution like looks. I mean, I can imagine about as much as fucking Ingalls, but I'm being a bit more <laughs> humble about it. I think I can't, but I imagine you'd need some anti fragility and a, a authority, however defined here seems like i mean angle seems to think it arises out of technological complexity but look as long as it gets some shit done i might be able to tolerate a little bit yeah. you know if it's the glue that leads to to durability for a revolution or uh, you know some sort of positive direction for the social order like cool i guess but maybe that makes me a red fash cuck i don't know <laughs> it's so hard to it's so hard to know if you're a red fash cuck these days isn't it I fucking I I guess so. Anyway, you'd probably it one way I you can let me know is that at dumb and awful on Twitter <laughs> at dumb awful show. Uh, Nathan, I would really if you're gonna pick one, I would say definitely uh let at Mark's Madness Pod know if they're red fast cuts. <laughs> at least until at least until tomorrow where we're going we're gonna do book chin and we're gonna do the communist manifesto that'll be the next one of these and that that one will just be on the the bonus though uh so that the people that are used to uh the farting on fet life jokes that'll return next week <laughs> uh we'll we'll bury the nerd shit uh behind a, a <laughs> at least for a little bit i had fun yeah, doing no, this, this is... I, i'm surprised by how acceptable i found reading yeah you 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 have a knack for it good sir yeah, I don't intend to make it a, a habit, <laughs> but uh, th thanks for joining me on this. Uh, is there anything before we go you want to uh, shout out before I hit the the, the outro no, drop? I, I, the only thing I would say is, again, I am gay. I am disabled. <laughs> there it is. I am a woman. Uh -huh. I am black. <laughs> yeah, sorry, well, yeah, it's got to go. <laughs> sorry, I just, I feel like the timing really... It, it's you know what come town's right it's fun to do that it's fun to drop that <laughs> it's fun to use a soundboard to make your friends say ridiculous things Qu remember cuomo had nobody made him say that though and that's the important no way. No, no one makes cuomo say anything he says what he wants to say um i i would just say uh again he anyone sure anyone listening to this if you uh enjoy listening to people uh read things for you and then talk about them uh, I have a whole podcast that does that with my friend David, and we talk about books. Uh, pretty soon, we're going to talk about a new book for the first time in two years. Um, so we have finished our series. If you're listening to this now and haven't started it, you could start our series on Black Reconstruction. Um, again, that's like 85 episodes or so. Um, that'll take some time. Uh, and then in the next couple weeks, uh, I think probably October. 
October 20th. We're going to drop the first set of our uh, new episodes on uh, neocolonialism by Kwame Nkrumah. So if you're into that, we are over at Mark's Madness Pod and we're at Mark's Madness Pod on Gmail. What, what's that book about? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, sort of in the same way you're doing this. Neo just whooping some indigenous ass. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't generally. It's called neocolonialism, the highest stage of imperialism. Take this, Sacagawea. It's called, it's called jujitsu. It's, it's called, sorry, I think it's going to be a continuation. Uh, yeah, no. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> continue. I've I've heard of, of this. Well, I've heard it's a very I important. It's an, I think it's a continuation of imperialism by Lenin. It takes it to the next logical conclusion in a more modern era, which I'm excited to get into because I think imperialism was one of the most uh, elucidating books that I ever got to read on the show. So I'm excited to see what uh, Nkrumah has to say about it. Sounds good. I I like Mark's Madness because it's like a uh, book club, but it meets on your time. It's just there's fucking eighty fucking episodes of, of for a single book. Like the the chapters are there for you. Uh, it's a way to sort of uh, if you're someone that doesn't enjoy doing the reading necessarily yourself. Uh, yeah, Mark's Madness rules. You guys go into like super detail. <laughs> yeah, almost too much detail. Some people would say, and they're probably right. Yeah, well, they can be their own judge. Uh, check out Mark's Madness. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for coming on, Nathan.